And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Taking a look at the waiver wire for the first week of the playoffs on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Fantasy Football in 15 here at The Athletic. Michael Beller and Derek Van Riper with you. We are going to take a look at the waiver wire for the first week of the fantasy playoffs. But first, let's bring Derek on the show. Derek, how's it going? Hey, it's going pretty well. More uh, football on a Tuesday. <laughs> Crazy stuff. <laughs> Signature of 2020, having football on days in which we're not used to having the NFL. Usually it's, you know, Mac games on a Tuesday. But hey, I'm accepting this because the alternative, as we were talking about before we started recording, is no games. And we're almost there. We're almost through the entire fantasy season. There are There's a, a game on Christmas Day this season, isn't there? Yeah, it's Vikings and Saints, which means once that happens, we will have played a football game in every single day of the calendar. Because there's Saturday games week 16, too. So we will have played a game every single day of the calendar, and that really does sum up what this 2020 year and this 2020 NFL season has been. And, um, you know, we're here in week 14, still time to talk about the waiver wire, and we actually have a more robust waiver wire than we've had in recent weeks. So let's hop right to it here, Derek. First guy to get to is Kiki Kuti, someone who was picked up in a decent amount of leaks before last week after the Will Fuller suspension. Now definitely he is going to be on everyone's radar after what he did in his first game with more opportunity in Houston's offense. Eight grabs on nine targets, 141 yards in the loss to the Colts, a tough playoff schedule, certainly at Chicago, at Indy, and then versus Cincy in Week 16. So if you make it to your championship game, you will definitely be happy about that Bengals matchup. But he just did it against a good defense right there. And the additional uh, workload that he is expected to have the rest of the season tied to Deshaun Watson, I think at the very least, you grab him, you put him on the end of your bench, and you make him part of your decision-making process. Yeah, I mean, I think he falls into the wide receiver three considerations going forward. Not necessarily a guy you're going to start every single week. Maybe if you've had injuries at the position, you could justify it. But you do have to like the way he was utilized in Will Fuller's first game away. QT led the Texans in target share, and he did a lot of damage with those targets. I think this is a guy that probably isn't going to be as efficient as we've seen in the four games he's played so far in 2020, he's getting almost 10 yards per target. I don't think that's really who he is as a player, but I do think there's reason to believe he's better than the player that he's been in the first two years of his career because he's always been sort of an extra option. Injuries have slowed him down. Um, the other variable you got to keep in mind here, if Randall Cobb somehow makes it back from IR before the end of the season, that could take down the target ceiling just a little bit, but I think until that happens or unless that happens, Kiki Kuti is the clear-cut number two in an offense that simply has to throw it a lot and has a good quarterback, too. I think that's one of the big differentiating factors when you look at Kuti versus some of the other wide receivers out there 
on the wire right now. Yeah, I mean, really, all the rest of the guys we're going to talk about, he is very clearly tied to the best quarterback, and that is huge. I mean, no matter even if you're a running back, that's huge. To be tied to a good quarterback, it typically means you're tied to at least a competent offense, and Kiki Kuti definitely has that. So matchup be damned. He is uh, probably our favorite player regardless of position uh, this week on the waiver wire. Next guy up is Ty Johnson. Took over for Frank Gore after he left the game on the Jets' first possession, ended up having a concussion. Ty Johnson did very well with his opportunity. 22 carries in the loss to the Raiders. Turned that into 104 yards and a touchdown. I think we can almost safely assume that Gore will miss at least one game and Ty Johnson would get the start in it. That would be at Seattle. Remainder of the Jets' playoff schedule at the Rams in Week 15 and then home for a date with the Browns in Week 16. I think Ty Johnson pretty easily slots into exactly where we had Frank Gore, a volume-based RB3 who can give you RB2 numbers if he finds the end zone. Yeah, I think the... Interesting thing with Ty Johnson is if he's sharing carries with Josh Adams, it's probably going to be a similar split to what we just saw in Week 13. And in a situation like the one they're facing in Week 14, going on the road to play Seattle, I think Johnson's the preferred option to catch passes Mm -hmm. because Adams hasn't really done that in the limited chances we've seen him in the NFL. Johnson, back during his time with Detroit, had that occasional pass-catching specialist opportunity that sort of came around for him that was more of what he did during his time with the Lions so I do think there's a chance that even if the game script goes sideways in week 14 the floor might be a little higher than people realize with Ty Johnson at least it might be higher in terms of workload than it was with Gore who I don't think was going to be utilized in those situations Mm -hmm. really at all Uh, so that's the the silver lining I do see him as more of a bad volume sort of play though I, I don't like Ty Johnson as a player. Uh, I, I think this offense is healthier than it's been really at any point this season, Frank Gore's concussion notwithstanding. So that does bode well for the chances of the Jets actually creeping into that 17 to 20 point range and having a crack at maybe scoring three TDs as an offense. Like if that happens and Ty Johnson touching the ball 20 times, there's actually a decent chance he finds the end zone. So Um, I'm a little higher on the Jets' offense overall now than I would have been six weeks ago, but we're still talking about the dreaded flex consideration for Ty Johnson so long as he's the lead back for the Jets. I mean, no matter what, you're never going to feel good about plugging him into your lineup. That doesn't mean that he might not give you good numbers. It doesn't mean that he is someone you totally stay away from. But you're going to be in dire straits if you were turning to any Jets running back. That was true for Frank Gore last week. It'll be true for Ty Johnson for however long he gets to be the leader of the Jets' backfield. Uh, Browns coming off their best performance of the season in that win over the Titans, and Rashard Higgins had a big role in it. Six grabs, nine targets, 95 yards, and a touchdown. Definitely looks to be the number two pass catcher in this offense behind Jarvis Landry. The playoff schedule is as follows. The uh, Browns host the Ravens in week 14. Then they spend the remainder of the fantasy season in New Jersey. They play the Giants on the road in week 15, the Jets on the road in week 16. Higgins needs to be a big play guy, but I think there's enough juice here for, again, like Kuki Kuti with probably a lower floor and a lower ceiling because of the quarterback. You grab him, You put him on the end of your bench, he becomes part of your decision-making process, and even if he doesn't start a game for you, at least you've blocked someone else from getting him. Yeah, I mean, the matchup against the Ravens in Week 14 is not one that I love for any receiver, especially someone who's more big play dependent. Nine targets, easily a season high uh, for Rashard Higgins in that game against the Titans. 
Things open up a little bit more, though, in weeks 15 and 16, so I could see him being the kind of guy that ends up in your lineup later on in the playoffs if injuries befall the rest of your receiving core. And as you said, maybe in some leagues with deeper benches, it's more about just keeping him away from someone else that you might be playing against the rest of the way. We've been wondering for weeks if the Browns could find a true number two receiver, and the big playability has always been there. If you're looking for a guy that does a lot with very little volume-wise, you look at the last three seasons combined, 68 total catches for Rashard Higgins, 18 of those catches have gone for 20 or more yards. So uh, it's chunks, but it's sometimes a case where he goes quiet, and we still see capable tight ends. We have running backs there that can catch passes as well. So I would definitely temper my expectations from a target volume perspective. Mm-hmm, and I prefer QT to Higgins by a pretty decent margin in leagues where they're both available, even though Higgins has a higher per target or per catch sort of ceiling. Same page. Absolutely. Got a lot to do with Deshaun Watson versus Baker Mayfield. Just the way those two offenses run. I mean, the Browns, even when they're running at their best, they still want to be built behind Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So definitely agree with you there. Let's get to uh, Peyton Barber now. Just to be clear, Derek and I are recording this while Washington and Pittsburgh is still going on. But what we already do know is that Antonio Gibson left that game with a toe injury and was very quickly ruled out for the remainder of the game. Peyton Barber uh, stepped in. In as the primary running back for uh, the for Washington there and would seem to be in that spot if Gibson were to miss time. The playoff schedule at San Francisco week 14 versus Seattle week 15 versus Carolina week 16. Derek, at this time of season, really at any time of season, but definitely at this time of season with all the attrition at the running back position, anyone who's getting consistent touches deserves a mention in fantasy football leagues. But we know what Peyton Barber is. I'm not going out of my way to get him. And if I get him, I'm certainly not going out of my way to start him. Yeah, if Adrian Peterson is rostered in your league and is useful in your league, then Peyton Barber, in a world where Antonio Gibson is unavailable, is useful in that same league. It doesn't mean you feel good about playing him. It doesn't mean you want to play him. Uh, I think the problem with Barber is that compared to someone like Ty Johnson, who I think gets passing down work when the game script goes sideways, Barber would yield almost all of those opportunities to J.D. McKissick. So it's easy to see a game script for the Washington footballs going the wrong direction. They're on the road in San Francisco in week 14. They've got Seattle at home in week 15. I think you could justify picking him up, but that's more of blocking someone else who's desperate at running back than a move you're going to feel good about yourself. Yeah, totally agree with you there, and uh, it just, I mean, it feels like all of those games could get away from them, and that J.D. McKissick is really going to be the Washington running back who benefits most if Antonio Gibson is going to miss some time. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, Derek, let's get to uh, fantasy football's most favorite forgotten man, Tim Patrick. Uh, some, you know, We've been following him. We've talked about him quite a bit this season. I wanted to bring him up on this show, and as I was getting us ready for it, I just went and looked at his season-log numbers. Tim Patrick is 40th among wide receivers in receptions, 32nd in yards. He's tied for 17th in touchdowns with five. Add that all up, and he's wide receiver 34 on the season in half PPR leagues. Obviously, some of it comes in bunches, and the touchdowns do drive it four catches, 44 yards, and two scores just in week 13. But the fact remains that Tim Patrick has been fantasy relevant now for the balance of the season, and that's probably not going to change uh, with the Broncos headed into the stretch run here at Carolina Week 14 versus Buffalo Week 15 at the Chargers Week 16. Those are great run matchups, certainly. So Melvin Gordon, Phillip Lindsay, those could be guys who are very happy uh, or make their fantasy managers very happy. But certainly not bad matchups for the passing game either. I think Tim Patrick is more on a Kiki Kuti level than even Richard Higgins is. Yeah, I think so. I just think it's more functionality within the offense. The target floor looks stable, and you're kind of getting a mix of what QT and Higgins bring because Patrick is showing a lot of big playability as well. I like that he's a big target, but he's also capable of doing some damage downfield. 10 of his 40 catches so far this season have gone for 20-plus yards, 4 for 40-plus too, so almost 10 yards per target. I don't know if he's going to stay at that clip. This looks like a nice gem. For the Broncos, I mean, a guy that they looked at probably was more of a special team sort of player his first year and change in the league, but I think he's a future piece. That They're well-stocked at the wide receiver position when you consider that Cortland Sutton comes back from injury next year. Jerry Judy's shown some flashes over the course of the second half of the season. I think the biggest question in Denver long-term is really going to be whether or not Drew Locke is the answer for them. And increasingly... I think the answer is no, but uh, you can't really say that he's lacking weapons. Even with Sutton down, Tim Patrick has really stepped up and played really well. All right, 30 seconds or so. Is there any tight end that you want to make an argument for, not just in week 14, but someone who you could grab this week and then start 
for the remainder of the fantasy playoffs. And again, we're talking about people who are streaming this position, who are desperate at this position. Anyone who jumps out at you as a guy who could be a three-week answer. I'll throw out one guy first, Cole Komet. He got five, seven targets, caught five of them, 37 yards and a touchdown, and the Bears lost to the Lions in Week 13. I don't love him. I don't love the Bears passing game, but the playoff schedule is pretty nice. They're uh, home against Houston next week, at Minnesota the week after, and at Jacksonville the week after that. So I think at the very least, the Bears could be putting up points in these three games, and you got to put up points to get in the end zone, and you got to get in the end zone to register as a meaningful fantasy tight end once you get past the obvious starters. I think Komet will have that chance. Yeah, he's just one of those guys that's actually available. Um, So I, I definitely see the case for it because they've struggled with depth receivers, especially, you know, getting two tight ends on the field seems like a, a reasonable adjustment the Bears could make down the stretch. Uh, Anthony Ferkser is kind of interesting to me. We talked about it on the Sunday live stream a bit, but I'm not in love with it because they they, they go pretty deep with their tight ends. Like just when you think Ferkser is going to step in for Johnny Smith, Jeff Swaim shows up and gets <laughs> targets, right? So it's just it, it's not as much of a Ferkser replaces Janu Smith as we would like, and Janu might not even be out that long anyway. So I think your Komet call is probably one of the better deep league actually available options out there that you can go after right now. There you go. Tuesday in the fantasy football universe, week one, week 14, doesn't matter. It is waiver day, and hopefully this can steer you in the right direction if you do need to make some additions as you are headed to the fantasy football playoffs. We are going to call that an episode here. Good news, though. Uh, You want to uh, give a gift here in this gift-giving season? You can buy an athletic subscription for yourself and then give one. we got a buy one, get one deal going on right now. Go to theathletic.com slash footballin15 to get in on that. For Derek Van Riper, I am Mike Bella will be back with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day. And hey, Tuesday Night Football, enjoy Ravens and Cowboys.